Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cosmic Circle. This is the official podcast for thecosmiccircus.com where the site's writers get together to chat about comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy films and TV series. I've been super excited to record this episode in particular because today we're going to be talking about a long-awaited Marvel Studios sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm Uday Kataria, writer for The Cosmic Circus, and joining me today are my fellow writers Drew, Brian, and Julia. Can everyone introduce themselves and say whether you're hashtag Team Witch or hashtag Team Strange? Hey, I'm Drew. In terms of um, hashtag Team Witch or Team Strange, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit of both sides, so I'll leave it at that. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Kitson. I think for the purpose of what we're going to be talking about, I think I have to be Team Strange here. I'm Julia, and I think I agree. Even though I normally like Wanda more in this movie, I was Team Strange. Uh, well, as you guys at the website all know, I'm extremely Team Witch. That's uh, mostly a joke, but not really. So full disclosure here for all of the listeners, like I'm a huge Wanda fan, so I'm going to apologize in advance if I skew the conversation towards her. Um, I've gotten into some pretty spirited conversations with my fellow writers about this movie, but we're going to try to keep it light today. So the first question I want to ask you guys is how did you feel about Wanda's turn to the dark side in Multiverse of Madness? I think it was to be expected, honestly, from like a somebody who follows the movies very deeply point of view. It's to be expected. I think it was surprising for some people who don't follow these movies as some people who don't follow like the movies like as as deeply as some of us do. And I think some of those people were caught off guard, especially with how quickly the movie moved in the first act. It kind of really jumped like straight into it with like, you know, in a very, very short amount of time. I think that caught some people off guard. But yeah, I think it was to be expected to see Wanda's turn to the dark side, you know, with getting the dark hold and, you know, like the post credit scene in WandaVision. I think it was, I wasn't surprised. And like, we knew this was coming. I just can, I can understand why it felt like very, very fast for some people. I will say that I think that if you've watched WandaVision, this was not a shock at all. Like Wanda leaves Westview with the dark hole and we see her in the post credit scene. And this was the trajectory she was going on. I mean, you don't leave with an evil book and start studying an evil book and not expect to go down an evil road. So I wasn't shocked at all by this, but for casual viewers, I would agree with Drew that maybe they weren't anticipating it um though by by even the trailer i don't know how you maybe didn't see it but this is the trajectory i totally expected wanted to go on um i was not surprised because i've known about this for a year thank you lizzie but i was very bothered by it i was not happy i was not happy that they spent so much time on wandavision trying to like disney and marvel presenting it as like this positive portrayal of mental health and then this happens you don't just do that with a character like that you can't like marvel has this problem where it's like one project they're focusing on this character's mental health and then it just kind of gets dropped like a hot potato. And I realize they're not going to focus on it like the whole time, but like keeping that thread there somehow without like ruining it is kind of an issue for Marvel. And I was disappointed they did this with Wanda and I'm not entirely against them making her a villain, but the way they did it here just did not work. I have to agree with Julia here. I don't think it was a surprise. I just think the execution was so much worse than like I ever expected. I mean, that's not true. I was afraid that Michael Waldron would do this and I was correct in my assumptions of how he would do it. But like, I feel like there was a way to make Wanda become a villain after the end of WandaVision. And I don't think that it was done in the right way in Multiverse of Madness because as Julia said, like you really drop that thread about her mental health. WandaVision ends with her like accepting her losses and leaving Westview. And even Jack Schaefer has like hammered it home in so many interviews after that show ended that Wanda accepted the loss of Vision and her children. Like she made sure to say that Wanda's accepted like her grief 
And so I understand why she would open the dark hold to find out more about her power, but then to turn her into like some psychotic murderer who's hell bent on finding her children after you've just watched an entire show about her accepting her grief. Like, I don't think it's a ridiculous jump, but having it all happen off screen and then like, again, like I really can't get behind what the dark hold did to her. Like, there are multiple other characters in the MCU that we've seen that have been corrupted by the Darkhold, but not a single one of them completely shifted like their entire personality like Wanda did. And so like, to me, I just found that to be very like lazy and like, honestly, kind of just unfinished writing because it seems like Michael Waldron just didn't care about anything that Wanda went through in WandaVision. He just wanted her to be evil. So he just made her evil. Yeah, I wonder how much of it was like a, a decision on Marvel's part aside from Michael Waldron, I wonder if this was really what they were, like what Marvel themselves were aiming for. I think the problem is when you end WandaVision on the note that you ended on with her accepting her, you know, accepting her grief and accepting that she can't be with, you know, her kids and Vision, and she kind of puts that all behind her. I think, Doc, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness kind of undoes, it, it undoes, it, it, it just kind of unravels everything that WandaVision did and I, I understand why, obviously, because the dark hole that corrupts, it corrupted her. I think um, they could have portrayed that a little bit better as more so the dark hole was corrupting her. And this wasn't really what Wanda was intending and kind of seeing it back and forth between, you know, like an inner Wanda that's possessed by the dark hole almost. I think there could have been more of a contrast with that. Some people kind of just felt like it was Wanda herself who was being evil like this and it wasn't so much like the dark hold was corrupting her because there was really no there was no moment where we were like oh it's the dark hold corrupting her because nobody really even knows what like the dark hold is you know i think that we have to stop and look at this from a mental health standpoint as well you know having worked in the field we see people acceptance all the time and what wanda did at the end of wandavision was an acceptance she ran away once again with an evil book she didn't really deal with any of the trauma she just picked herself up and moved away that's not acceptance that's that's avoidance and she avoided having to deal deeply with these issues and she instead picked up a book that fed off of that and i don't think that the mental health aspect of wanda was really properly dealt with in either one of these projects we just saw her become an addict in a way we saw her feeding off of magic to get what she wanted without having to deal with repercussions without having to actually accept what what she did or the loss of her children or the loss of her parents or the loss of her love like there was none of there was no real acceptance of any of this it was just let's run to the next town and continue the same the same trajectory that we were going on anyways but in a grander scale this to me there was no real good mental health talk in either of these see I think that's an interesting point because I don't think that Wanda leaving like I disagree with your opinion that she didn't accept her grief and her loss I think that obviously she does need to deal with it more like she has not even scratched the surface of what she needs to get through in regards to her trauma but I think having to relive it with Agatha And then her letting like Westview go, like, I mean, obviously she had to, like, that's not up for discussion. What she did to Westview was messed up and she needed to let those people go. But like at the end of WandaVision, she could have easily chose to just live in, she could have chose to just have a little hex over one house and live with Vision and the kids in it forever. But she chose to kill them again and to say goodbye to them. And then like she says to Monica, 
like, yes, she's obviously avoiding the authorities, which I mean, she has to. I think the argument that she should have stayed in Westview and answered for her crimes is extremely stupid because that's just not how like superhero things work. Like by that logic, Tony Stark should be in jail for creating Ultron. Um, so I think she was avoiding the authorities, but I think that personally, WandaVision left her in a place of accepting her loss. And so honestly, I feel like the regression of Wanda's character arc began in that end credit, sorry, began in that end credit scene. I was very confused at that end credit scene when it happened in March, 2021. And I am still confused by it to this day because the way that she leaves Westview, like vowing to get a hold of her powers and deal with her trauma, that does not track at all with her opening the Book of the Damned like five minutes later in an end credit scene. And I feel like it feels painfully obvious that that end credit scene was only put in there to link to Multiverse of Madness's like backwards depiction of her. And again, it just, it's regressing the character. Like she goes through acceptance and letting the kids go in WandaVision. And then she just has to go through letting them go again in Multiverse of Madness except now she's killed a whole ton of people along the way in really, really messed up ways. I think though that you're jumping a little bit here because you don't just like go through acceptance in one stage. You don't even go through it with one event. What happened was is she did let them go in that instance, but she didn't accept it. She didn't really have a choice. It was either that or start a war. And she still tried to many times in the finale, keep the town there because of her family. She opened up the doors once they all went running and she closed them because vision was fading out even with the scene that happened, that was a nice wrap-up scene, wasn't true acceptance. That was, it was acceptance of the moment then, but not acceptance of letting them go or that hurting that, or dealing with that trauma. And she never even actually promises to, to, to process that trauma. She's just going to find out how to control her powers, which she thought was in the dark hole. I think that like, what I, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like you're ignoring some huge points here of the fact that her, her mental health has always suffered and they, she's never actually healed from it. Nobody's ever actually tried to help her in any instance. And she just continues to perpetuate that mental health crisis over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, so I totally agree with that point. And like, I don't think she achieved full acceptance at the end of WandaVision. Like, yes, she let everybody go. And I still think that that was like a much stronger decision than anyone making Multiverse of Madness cares about. Because yeah, like I said, she could have chosen to just keep a hex on her house and stop hurting other people and still live in denial. So I think that it was a very strong like start of her acceptance to let them go. And then like just based on the end of WandaVision, just the series, like ignoring that one end credit scene, like the series ends with her flying away to like deal with her trauma like that's clearly what's set up and then in the end credit scene she randomly has a magic book like they don't even show how she got it like they don't even like that's like that's kind of the thing about the dark hold and wanda i get that it corrupts her it just seems like such a stupid decision to have it corrupt her in the first place and it just it makes this disconnect for me between wandavision and multiverse of madness because i feel like she wanted to process the trauma and deal with her mental health when she flew away from westview and then again, starting in that end credit scene, they were just like, oh, haha, no, like you're going to be hurting more people in like a year on the big screen. And I just, I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Michael Waldron told me in my interview with him, yes, plug, haha. He told me that he didn't see Wanda as being healed in Westview. So that's why he saw this as the next step. He saw he, he was like, she realized she had to let the people go, but she wasn't ready to deal with her grief fully. But like, what was the whole speech to Vision then? I was just wondering, Julie, what speech were you talking about? Because I remember the one where spe- where Vision is talking to her. When they're both talking and she's like, you're my love, you're my hope, my sadness. When he's going to disappear. Okay. You know, I think that a lot of the times though too, when we, even when we accept like someone's moving on, like when someone dies 
in real life. We say those nice things and that's, that's a great thing, but we're still left with our sadness on the other side. And that's really what it was not dealt with. And I, I'm glad that, you know, Waldron said that because I, I feel the same way that there just wasn't, there wasn't true healing or acceptance or anything like that. There was just a empty hole that she filled with an evil magic. And I think that's really the, the, where we start off with Wanda here. And I was okay with that. So Brian, do you think that, like, do you think that Multiverse of Madness regresses Wanda's character and that she has to deal with the acceptance or like the loss of her children twice because because she loses her children in WandaVision. And then I thought that would start her on a path to acceptance. And it and like by your argument, it wasn't a path to acceptance. Um, and then she like loses her children again, like at the end of Multiverse of Madness, or rather she realizes she can't have them. And then she just like kills herself. Like it just, it doesn't seem to be a progression for the character. It just seems to be repeating the same steps. And that's a problem I have with Wanda in film specifically, because I feel like WandaVision is the only time she was allowed to progress as a character where she was allowed to move beyond just being like the girl in the corner who they bring out for like one fight every movie because that's what the Russos reduced her to. And so I honestly just don't think that maybe it's the fact that it's men writing Wanda in the movies, or maybe it's the fact that you only have two hours in a movie. But the thing that annoys me the most about Multiverse of Madness is just that after progressing her character so strongly on TV, they just like do that. I will just say, and I know we got to move on to the next topic and stuff, but I feel that it was not a regression because we're in the same stage. And when we deal with people who are, who are addicts, and to me, she has all the telltale signs of being an addict. It is a continuous cycle until you decide to break it or until you're forced to break it. And so I think for the first moment, this moment of clarity at the very end, is the beginning of the actual growth that we're going to see for Wanda if we see her again. I think that that- We'll see her again. I don't know how much I could say, Julie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I totally feel like we're going to see her very, very soon in the next couple of years, but uh, that's when you're going to really see her grow and accept things. This was just the final chapter to that, to that addict story. Yeah, like I think an important point is like this is obviously not the end of Wanda's story. Although it kind of feels like a, like it's not even the culmination of her story with her kids. I don't even think like it's more, I think there'll be a lot more clarity on this movie in the future uh, and after Wanda's next appearance. Cause obviously they're going to bring her kids like into the, into the MCU. I mean, I have one way or another, you know, Billy and Tommy are going to be in the MCU. And I would assume that, you know, Wanda will have a part in that. And I think after that takes place and after this whole story kind of wraps up, I think, there'll be a little more clarity on this movie and it'll kind of feel like a you know, like a stepping point in the progression of, of Wanda's arc. You know, it's like her rock bottom, I would say. And then I think, you know, obviously in the future, <laughs> if she stumbles again, you know, then it's like after this movie, her arc will probably be trending in a different direction. Yeah, like Wanda's arc feels very like zigzaggy to me because like she did bad things in Age of Ultron, then she became a member of the Avengers, then she didn't really do anything for like three movies. Um, like I really hate what the Russos did to her like they didn't even let her use mind control the writers admitted in some interview that I read in like 2016 they were like yeah we don't let her use mind control because like we don't know how to deal with like that power because like she's too powerful so we just don't let it happen so she didn't really like do that much like even in Infinity War they did the whole thing with Vision but all of that development was off screen so I know when Infinity War came out like all of my friends were like, why do I care about Scarlet Witch and her robot boyfriend? And so like, again, like that's where my anger is coming from that WandaVision like actually like gave her an arc. And then I feel like Multiverse of Madness is just like, like it feels like two steps forward, one step back kind of thing to me. Um, but I do agree. Like, I think that this is her rock bottom. I think that 
from now, like, like Brian said, like, we're going to move out of this phase, and then we're going to like advance to whatever's next. And so on that topic, let's move on to our next topic. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a long setup, but I want to know what you guys think about the writing in Multiverse of Madness overall. Because from our discussions about Wanda, you can tell that I think the writing was kind of messy. Like I said, I think it was lazy. I think there were really confusing choices. Um, I didn't like, I feel like there was very little distinction in the magic, like between witchcraft and sorcery that they didn't get into. Even Wanda, like everyone keeps calling her the Scarlet Witch. She's the most powerful being in the universe. And no one ever like wants to explain why. And like, no one cares why. And then there was even stuff like Vision and Pietro weren't even like, like Vision was mentioned once barely at the start of the movie, but like they weren't mentioned, they weren't in the multiverse. Doctor Strange was suddenly like unable to find happiness without his ex-girlfriend who's getting married to some other man. So like, what did you guys think about all of that? Like, did you like the character choices that they made in this movie, like beyond Wanda? Um, I think Strange's arc was good. I think the writing in general, especially the dialogue was kind of lazy, which surprised me because this is the same guy who is credited for the first and last episodes of Loki. And those had like amazing dialogue. And like, this was like, what you doing compared to that? Um, so yeah, I, and the, you make a good point about the magic not being like, like it all just felt the same. And I don't know. Yeah, it felt lazy especially compared to other stuff. Maybe he's better at TV because he's done great with like Rick and Morty from what I've heard as well. Um, but yeah, this was kind of surprisingly weak. Yeah, the third act was where my problems, I start to get problems with this movie. I think it was very, the third act was really weak. Probably one of the weaker MCU third acts. I think what they did was they put such, uh, when you commit to making Wanda the most powerful person in existence it puts a very fine line on what you can do with that character and that kind of shows in the third act with how there was nothing that they could really do in the third act there was no there was nothing to combat wanda you know like you you have a zombie strange show up with his in his zombie form you know after he's reading the dark hold and, and he's got the you know the the souls of the damned and he's got and he's controlling them and he kind of shows up and they do like this one little move on wanda where they trap her in like this magical thingy magical contraption and then she breaks out and then they kind of just give up and they're like well we have to take america's power now we just tried this and this doesn't work so our only other option is to take america's power and then it just kind of feels like a little lazy and then you have america realize her potential which i'm happy about because like i feel like that's where the, it needed to go but it's clear that america's power can't exactly match up with wanda's power so uh, the, the one thing that i did like about the third act is i think the stuff with her kids it, they put such a limit on what they can do with the action with wanda because wanda is so unstoppable that the only way to beat her was mentally was to show her her like what she looks like to her kids and i think when they committed to making wanda unstoppable that was the only kind of thing that could stop wanda was her kids which I appreciate. But at the same time, I think when you put such a, when you commit to making Wanda unstoppable with everybody, it puts a, a very fine limit on what you can do with the character. Because now it's like, is Wanda still the most powerful person in the world? She can literally snap her finger and destroy anything. So it's like, like how was she stronger than the Infinity Stones? Like was it just like, and is she going to be stronger than like Kang in the future? Like what, I'm just, uh, I think when, when you commit to making Wanda like, you know the scarlet witch and you commit to making her unstoppable in any form it really does on the character i think that for me the writing wasn't i wasn't mad at the writing i didn't have, really have a problem with it but the one thing that came with the story that i i felt was a little odd was the fact that it felt like they didn't know if they wanted this to be a larger than life story or a very intimate story and you know 
every Marvel movie has something different. Like Ant-Man felt very intimate. It was kind of small. It didn't extend to the wider world. And for some of this movie, you know, you have the multiverse and you're going to see, you know, the Illuminati and all these different worlds. But at the end, it ended up being this really intimate story of trying to appeal to the emotional side of Wanda or like the the Wanda inside the Scarlet Witch. And like that felt maybe a little disappointing compared to the, the first and second act because those felt so grand, but they also kept bouncing back and forth. You know, I think that was one of the big things that kind of starts stuck out to me i wanted them to like like pick a pick a story do we want something very intimate or do we want something end game style that's really huge really big and it was a lot of changing in that aspect to fit into a two-hour movie i also feel like you could feel the fact that there was a lot cut from this film which i know is not about the writing but i feel like when you start to cut things if the writing self the writing suffers because of that we have a problem and i think that was definitely something that we we that should have been figured out a little bit better. Ryan, I love what you said about how the movie feels like it's trying to be two things at once, because that is another one of my issues with this movie. I don't mind the fact that in the end, it was a more intimate story. That doesn't make me mad. Like, I I would love that. But I feel like, and I don't know how many other people feel like this, but I know that some of my friends did. When I finished Multiverse of Madness, I did not feel satisfied. It did not feel like a good multiversal movie, but it also didn't feel like a good strange and wanda movie to me because i don't i did not like either of their character arcs well i mean i didn't hate them but i just i have issues with them that i can't get past um so so they aren't good to me like they aren't terrible but they aren't good either and yeah i just i feel like it kept bouncing between trying to be grand and trying to be intimate and the other thing is the marketing for this movie when everything was coming out it was like like really really hype but in retrospect i think the marketing for this movie was horrible because they sold it as like this event. I feel like they sold it as like a multiversal event. And I mean, the movie's literally called Multiverse of Madness. And I watched Grace Randolph's spoiler review on this movie. And I think she brought up an excellent point. She said that in with the entire multiverse at his disposal, the craziest thing that Michael Waldron could think of was that cars drive when the light is red instead of the light is green. And that really sums up the movie for me. Like for a movie called Multiverse of Madness, I don't think it lived up to its title. I don't think there was any madness here. They went to two universes for an extended period of time. And in one of them, they just sat in one room. So I just, I didn't think that that was like done really well. He was saying there's a reason for that though. So we could really feel like it was a real place, which I get. I mean, I did want to see more though. Again, I think the movie should have been a little longer so we could get to see more. I mean, were you not impressed with the paint world or with pizza balls? I mean, like, I I want (laughs) some pizza pizza balls. balls. Yeah, I want some pizza balls. I think, yeah, it was a little bit short on the multiverse stuff. It was definitely mad. There was a lot of madness. It was, it was good. I just, I don't know. I feel like I usually, it usually takes me like a week or two to make up my feelings, but I still am kind of processing my feelings on it. I just know that I think it probably did need to be a little bit longer. When you're making a multiverse of madness movie and you bring in the Illuminati that has, and you're introducing Professor X, you know, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, Black Bolt, you know, you're putting Captain Carter in here. Like there's just a lot that's going on in this movie and you have like, what four there was four different stranges in this movie you know two different variants of wanda and then you're introducing america chavez and and you're dealing with the dark hold and the book of ashanti like i feel like the plot was building towards the book of ashanti and that was a total waste of time to just destroy it and like i get that it's a plot twist but it just felt like a total waste of time but they just i don't know 
I, I would have, I feel like if you could have, if they could have incorporated the Book of Vashanti a little bit more with like Doctor Strange, I think in the third act, he would have benefited having kind of like a, a duel of, a duel of magic between Doctor Strange, you know, having Doctor Strange with the Book of Ashanti and having Wanda with the Darkhold and seeing like, just seeing the craziness of like what's in the Book of Ashanti and what's in the craziness of the Darkhold and them throwing whatever they can at each other. Because, you know, like we, with the, the Book of Ashanti is the anti, anti, antithesis of, of the Darkhold. And I just thought it would have been, I feel like that would have been such a good idea for the third act. And it just, I don't know. There's just too much. The movie needed to be a little bit longer. And there was obviously a couple couple of plot decisions that just didn't land for me. Yeah, I really, I could not get behind the books. Um, like I liked the Darkhold, but they just, they did not go into it enough for me. And like, I hope they go into it in the future, but with them all destroyed now, I don't see the point. But like, to me, like uh, a copy of the Darkhold existing in every universe, great. That makes sense to me. The Darkhold being able to be destroyed with one stab, even if it's from a magic dagger, that I thought was super dumb. Then the Book of Vishanti, there only being one in the entire multiverse was really weird to me because you're telling me that this one magic book is supposed to be the antithesis to like an infinite number of evil books. That was just like a dumb concept in my opinion. And then again, like it was just burned up in a second by Wanda. And I know that Wanda's the Scarlet Witch and she's the most powerful. So maybe only she could have destroyed it. But yeah, like Drew said, it just felt like a massive waste of time. And as someone watching these movies, it didn't even feel like a plot twist to me. It just felt like a waste of time. And I was like, why am I, why have I been sitting here watching you go after this book? If, if like, it's basically just like, it's just like any other like paper book, like you just run it under a tap and it's destroyed. Like, I thought this was supposed to be important. I don't think that the books necessarily, I was expect. I guess I was expecting the Darkhold to be around a little bit longer. And I still have thoughts on the fact that it's going to come back in, in a big way, especially with Ghost Rider and vampires being introduced into the, to the world. But I mean, the book of Ashanti was the MacGuffin of the, of the, of the movie. And that was, that's what moved the story forward. So that, made sense to me it was a plot device yeah sure maybe it was lazy but they needed something to chase after the stabbing of the book though i actually did like of the dark hold and i'm, I'm gonna stand by that because it gave me some chamber of secrets vibes from harry potter it reminded me of the book from the evil dead which is another san raimi film i was okay with that i mean in the original evil dead the book is thrown into the fire this book of all evil is thrown into the fire and it burns and then a little bit later on i forget which movie it was in there it just falls apart because it turns the dust and falls apart and release and unleashes evil onto earth. Like that is some of the, I don't know. That was very Sam Raimi. And I didn't hate that. I thought it was a cool little callback to maybe some films that have been through that, that we've seen in cinema and the way that they use books. So I was okay with, with all of those. Theory, the dark hold is a horcrux. It did give me chamber of secrets vibes when it was destroyed. Um, like I liked the moment where it was destroyed. I just thought it was really dumb that all you have to do is stab like the book of all evil and then okay, bye. But but about like the book of Vishanti being like a MacGuffin driving the plot forward, again, I just think that's lazy writing because what was driving the plot forward was them visiting alternate strangers to find the book. You don't need the book. Why not just have them find alternate strangers? because they know that alternate strange is no magic and they'd probably want to help out their multiversal counterpart. Like, I feel like the book is just an unnecessary thing to tack onto it. And then for it to not matter at all in the end, again, it's not something that like ruins the movie for me, but I just, I do find it irritating and I do find it to be a waste of time. Although in that same vein, 
I think that that was a lot like WandaVision because there are certain things in WandaVision that while I didn't personally care about it, going back to like, if we want to rehash like the the Ralph Boner, like Pietro reveal, I didn't care about that. I know a lot of other people were upset about it. But the thing that stuck to me about that was that it was just a waste of everybody's time. Like if that character wasn't going to be important, there was no reason to drag out the reveal for like four weeks. And that's what like caused like fan anger and so that's what the book of Vishanti stuff reminded me of like you don't need it to drive the plot forward strange can just want to find alternate versions of himself without the need for like some random all-powerful magical book that's not going to do anything for you so i think the book of Vishanti could have been introducing in the beginning it's like oh the book of Vishanti. it's the book we need like it's going to save the day and then it becomes kind of obvious it's like well like you know it can't be that easy so then it gets to a point where it's like well, are they really going to use the Book of Vishanti when they find it? Like, what's the what's the real, like, twist here? I think you could have introduced it in a different way. You know, I don't know exactly, but I, I just wish, that, you know, when you when you have a book that's the antithesis of the Darkhold, it just was such a missed opportunity to have, like, and it, not only that, it, like, you know, you're dealing with a movie about sorcerers and witches and, and, like, two books that are, like, the two most powerful books in the world, but the most, like powerful spells and stuff like that and you know it would have been really it would have been a great moment to see those kind of collide and I just feel like that was a, and I, I get that it was a plot device like I'm over that I understand I just think it was a, like it just was the wrong move and I get that it, it drove the plot forward but it almost like uh, there's a points in the movie where I just completely forgot about it and I like, got to it and I was like oh they're here and then he picks it up for a second and then it's gone and you just kind of move forward so it's like it kind of sets it up like it's important and then you kind of forget about it. And then you get back to it and you remember how important it was. And then it just disappears. And then you move on to something else. So it just it just felt a little bit messy to me. I mean, I don't hate the movie. Like, I feel like we, we've kind of like, you know, talked about a lot of the bad things. Like, I don't, I don't hate the movie. I think the second act was like really well done. Like, I love the Illuminati stuff. I'm just, you know, like I, I love... Uh, I love like the introduction of all of them, but there is some parts that got really messy. Something though that I wanna I wanna kind of say though about Uday, you said about making a movie where he's going to find other strangers and there's lots of other strangers on the multiverse. That film also sounds like that'd be really boring though. Continuing to go to a different world, find the strange, getting that strange to team up with you, or not getting them to team up with you, going to the next world. Like with, this is a groundhog day kind of situation. I think people got really exhausted with a film like that. Where this way you have one plot thing that's kind of carrying it forward and that's making, yeah, it's taking you through these other worlds, but you're not wasting time doing the same thing over and over again and people will be getting mad about that. I didn't mean that you should waste time going to a bunch of different worlds. It's just that like in this movie, they fall into 838 and go find and go to the Sanctum because they want the Book of Vishanti. You don't need that writer. You don't need the book. They can fall into 838 and go find another strange because he would help them. And it's the same thing when they fall into like Sinister Strange's world, like the decaying one. They go find him because they want the Darkhold now. Cool, but like, why can't they just go find them because they're Doctor Strange, because there's magic in the Sanctum? Like, I just, I think the book was an unnecessary thing to tack on. I'm not saying that they should have gone to like 80 different Sanctums, like just go to those two Sanctums, but it's just like the book being like added onto it. I just think it was, again, like just kind of messy and unnecessary because also with all the Illuminati stuff, I forgot about the Book of Vishanti for like a solid like chunk of that. Like I know the, the, the Illuminati were talking about it and like they used it to defeat their Thanos, 
but like the fight with Wanda and everything, like I could not care less about the book of Vishanti for like a solid little chunk of that movie. So moving on to the Illuminati, what did you guys think of those cameos? Because I thought that they were a lot of fun, but when looking at the movie as a whole, like they do seem just a little bit like out of place. Like going back to Brian's comment about the Illuminati made it seem like this grand thing and then everything else seems a lot smaller. I loved it. Like I, I really liked the Illuminati. Like I, I just liked the concept of the Illuminati. It's really cool. I've been waiting for like cool multiversal stuff like that and like you know like I, obviously I, w- I, I always set myself up for disappointment hoping for too much and like I do wish there was a little bit more to the Illuminati I'm really glad that they you know like obviously I don't, I don't think it, it, the Illuminati started out it doesn't seem like when they were first shooting that Black Bolt or, Fant- or Mr. Fantastic wasn't in, were involved and it seems like they kind of added them through reshoots and I'm kind of glad that it became more comic accurate. It, it was cool to see all these new characters like Professor X and and Reed Richards and, and Black Bolt and seeing Captain Carter in live action. I think that was really cool. And like, I hope that we, I hope we can see another version of like the Illuminati. I really liked the story of the Illuminati. I wish we could have seen a little bit more of it. I liked the whole Supreme Strange thing and like, you know, how he was corrupted through the Darkhold and they had to kill him and stuff. and. I just thought that was a really cool kind of like it didn't take away too much from the movie. I think it actually served a decent purpose for the movie. It taught us about incursions and what can happen and the dangers of that. And that's obviously going to that's obviously going to play into Secret Wars a lot. Um, On top of that, you know, like it led strange to the Book of Ashanti. Like it it kind of it didn't feel to me, it didn't feel super out of place. I mean, I'm sure for some people it did. Yeah, it was a cameo, but I also feel like it fit well into the story. Like, it just made sense. Like, you're going to get to another universe. Like, the multiverse, you're going to travel the multiverse. You're going to get to another universe. If you don't run into any Avengers, like, any Avengers, like, team, it just is not going to feel normal. Like, it just made sense that they were going to encounter the Illuminati eventually. And I think the way that, the way that it was done was good enough for me. I, I was content with that. I loved the new Illuminati. You mean I got to see Anson Mount again as Black Bolt? And for those who don't know, I'm a huge Inhumans fan. I'm probably the only person that went and saw the Inhumans in IMAX for the first two episodes. I'm also probably the only person that actually finished the series as well. But uh, I saw it in I IMAX. Lo- oh, see, look at thank you. And Ooh. I watched the whole show. I thought it was pretty bad, but I mean, I didn't. See, I didn't think it was bad, but I thought it could have been better. Um, Inhumans are always one of my favorites, and I just loved seeing him back as it because I thought he was a highlight of the show. So getting to see him once again as Black Bolt, and I hope that he comes back once again for our Inhumans. But like getting to see Mr. Fantastic in our play box, you know, our sandbox, he wasn't there before. And getting to see Pre- Professor X in a way that we haven't seen him interact with other characters from, you know, the MCU. So like these felt like huge moments. And getting to see uh, Haley Atwell again. I was, it was amazing. I was blown away by having, even though I, you know, had rumors, heard rumors that I was coming and kind of knew what to expect. This is exactly what I wanted out of this film and getting to see the Illuminati back in, it's getting to see the Illuminati in action was one of the best parts of the film for me. I was so excited. I really loved the Illuminati stuff. Like, I do think like some of the cameos like were not like necessarily out of place. I feel like they just pulled you out a little bit of the movie because I feel like for a few minutes you just get so excited at Inhumans and X-Men and the Fantastic Four interacting with Avengers characters. Um, not that that's a bad thing, but 
I I feel like the, the energy that I got like during the Illuminati's fight with Wanda, like that was the energy I had been missing for the whole movie. And like, no, it's not because I wanted more cameos. Like everyone's making fun of people on Twitter for just wanting more cameos. Um, I just, I don't know what it is, but like that energy, like that fight, uh, maybe it was just the music, but like, that's like, that was like when my enjoyment of the movie peaked, I think. And I love the way Wanda killed them. Um, again, I don't really support it. I have, I have many, many problems with what Wanda did to the Illuminati actually. But like the the brutalness and like the shockingness and the bloodiness of it for a Marvel movie, um, it was just really, really good to me. But I do want to ask you guys, like there's a lot of conversations. I, I believe Michael Waldron has said this, that like cameos should serve the story. Like it doesn't, like, like what sense does it make for someone to show up that like doesn't have like a connection to like our characters? I think that obviously there were some characters that showed up that like didn't have a connection to Strange. Um, like Xavier, like Professor X, but I mean, he made a little connection with Strange, you know, like he told him where to find the book and everything. But one thing that really bothered me, like a missed opportunity that really bothered me was that Monica's mother was on the Illuminati in this world. And Monica is the only person in the MCU who has ever tried to help Wanda to any like significant degree. And so I feel like it was a huge missed opportunity to have Wanda kill her mother and then not care, like to not even feel guilty, to not even like introspect a little bit to not even like confront the fact that the only person who tried to help her in her entire life like she just killed an alternate universe version of their mom I feel like that was just insanely I was I thought it was insane how they didn't do anything with that I don't even think Wanda really cared to be honest I think that was kind of like the point I don't I mean you know Mordo never said her name (laughs) did I don't did did Mordo he just said Captain Carter or Captain Marvel right he never said Maria Marambo like no but I mean like that's also like kind of my problem like that Wanda didn't care because like even Reed is like I have a family and that gave us the best line in the movie when Wanda's like is their mother alive and then like good then there'll be someone left to raise them like that line was like crazy but again like Wanda's whole thing in this movie is that she's a mother that wants her children yet she's extremely comfortable with like callously murdering and like breaking up other people's families that again just like does not feel right in any way to me even considering that she's been corrupted by the Darkhold. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. I, I didn't exactly love that. I mean, the what the what mouth, you know, line was awesome. Obviously, that was great. I loved that. You know, even if it was killing Black Bolt, I I still loved it. I thought that was great. But yeah, like I didn't love like the. Yeah, it just felt like a very weird. It, it, it was just weird that like she was willing to kill someone with the family when all she like when she wanted to get to her family. I don't know. It just it was weird. But I mean, other than that, in terms of like cameos, I think. Marvel has dedicated cameos now to serving the story. I don't think you're going to see a mindless cameo for no reason other than Bruce Campbell playing Pizza Papa. Other than that, I don't think you're going to see any kind of mindless cameo for no reason, you know, especially in Secret Wars. I think Secret Wars, the the people that you see will serve the story. I don't think Marvel is going to... I think Marvel knows that it would be super sloppy and just kind of unprofessional to just throw cameos in there for the sake of it. I think they, they what they did with the Illuminati was pretty well written. I think that was the most well written part of the movie. I think the second act, the stuff with the Illuminati and the Earth 838, that was my favorite part of the movie. I mean, I really did enjoy the second act. Um, and I really enjoyed how much, how much the Illuminati was incorporated into the story, not just so much to serve Strange's story, but to serve the story of what the Darkhold does to somebody that it corrupted strange and then that it went so far that he destroyed an entire universe through an, an incursion and then they had to kill him. I think that really kind of, it gave us a good look at like 
you know, what the dark world does to somebody. And I wasn't expecting that, honestly. And that was a really nice, like, surprise was that, you know, we saw them all on Titan after they just fought Thanos and stuff. And it was like, I almost want to see more of that. I almost want to see like a what if episode about that. I think it'd be really interesting. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, I mean, I, I love that we got, you know, we got Reed Richards and, and Professor X and Black Bolt and Captain Carter in live action. We got that all like, in like a multiversal team. I just think that's really cool. And I think, I hope that, you know, Marvel will learn that doing cameos that serve the story specifically, you know, in like for the story, making sure that they really do move the story forward and serve the story. I think they will continue to do cameos in that sense. And I think you're, you're going to see cameos like more often, you know, like, like sooner than people think, you know, not necessarily multiversal cameos, but like just cameos from, you know, people appearing from one show and appearing in another show, like, but yeah, I think overall, I think Marvel has learned that when you're doing cameos, they have to serve the story. So Julie, I'm trying to remember, did, in your interview with Waldron, did you talk about the cameos? Um, um, just kind of- I asked him how the Illuminati, the, uh, the Illuminati, that's the set I was writing for, the Illuminati was chosen. Um, he said they got exactly who they wanted. Now in some other interviews, he's saying we tried to get Tom Cruise and whatever. So I don't know how true that is, but he's like, we, we got pretty much exactly who we wanted. So that's what he told me. And yeah, that's all we really said about the cameos. But meanwhile, they just published a story about Daniel Craig. <laughs> like I know. Well, maybe character got who they wanted. So what I'm like, what I think, I think what we're hearing now is I don't think Daniel Craig was ever going to play Mr. Fantastic. I think he was, he was supposed to play Balder. And I think, that's why for so long we didn't know who, you know, Balder the Brave, who played him. Because, you know, like before the movie comes out, you hear who's playing who. You know, we, for a long time, I think, you know, there had been a couple of leaks about John Krasinski. There'd been some leaks about Black Bolt. And, you know, we knew like Captain Carter and Professor X and, and Captain Marvel. We knew those people were going to be on the team. I just remember for a long time, like, we didn't know who Balder the Brave was. Like, we, we didn't know what actor, we didn't know what actor, like, who, who was playing Balder the Brave. And, um, I guess there must not have been an actor on set for him. I mean, I wonder if they just shot with a stand-in and then kind of cut that out because they couldn't get Daniel Craig. So I'm wondering, you know, like, I wonder about that. Also, honestly, like, I'm sure, I'm sure, like, with, with press for movies, there's no way they're going to be completely honest. Like, I feel like there's no way that, like, I was honestly surprised that he said the thing about Tom Cruise, because even just thinking back to Elizabeth Olsen, she never said anything, like, during Infinity War, during Endgame, or she didn't do press for Endgame, but, like, press for Civil War and Infinity War, she didn't say anything about, like, not liking what they were doing with her character. And then come WandaVision, she's like, well, for so many years, I couldn't do anything, and I was unhappy, and I had no ownership, and they wouldn't let me, like, do this stuff. So I feel like you really have to dance around stuff, like, when you're currently promoting a movie, and then afterwards like you'll start to find out a little bit more of the truth well yeah i mean it probably has to do with like contracts and stuff like you know if you're actively in contracts with somebody you can't be like oh that fell through for that like that's going to be like up to the trades to report that but i think there's the scene where you have the illuminati they right after they show up with like to fight wanda they're all standing there and you can tell that there's somebody missing on the right side like there's they're all kind of standing in formation and there's just this gaping hole in the formation and you're like that very clearly looks like somebody has been cut out of that shot and you don't know, you know, we don't know who it is. I wonder if they just didn't, 
I, I, I wonder if they all shot that scene differently and they had plans for somebody to be in that one slot that was missing and then they couldn't, like, it, it, it kind of seems like, you know, through reshoots, they put, you know, Black Bolt and, and Mr. Fantastic in there. And I just wonder, they must not have been able to get everybody together on set at the same time. Yeah, no, everyone wasn't there because Elizabeth Olsen has done video interviews in the last couple of days. And she said that she filmed against stand-ins for like, all of it, I think. And then she refilmed with like a couple of people maybe, but she said she only met half the Illuminati and it's clear which half she met. Like only the two captains were in the room together. I think that's why they got the fight because I wanted Reed to put up more of a fight than he yeah, did. But it's, it's really obvious from the fact that Captain Carter and Captain Marvel were the only two people actually fighting Wanda. And then Elizabeth Olsen just did that lie detector test for Vanity Fair, where she said she's never met John Krasinski. And the interviewer's like, you guys are in a movie together. And she's like, well, like, that's news to me. I think it's super obvious that they filmed it like that. And to some degree, I understand why they do that. There's conflicting schedules and everything. But also, like, that's really strange to me that, like, like that like you can cut and rearrange things to that extent that like the actors don't even know what characters they're going up against like that's just crazy yeah i mean we had kind of heard for a while that everything with like the illuminati was kind of up in the air for a while like it kind of seems like there was some people that probably could have been in the illuminati that weren't there was probably a bunch of people that they talked about that just weren't able they weren't able to put it together probably because of time constraint and because of covid i mean obviously we see daniel daniel craig couldn't do it because of covid you know i wonder how many other people they were trying to get that they just it just couldn't because of you know time constraints and filming i mean they obviously they said tom cruise you know they couldn't do it because of filming and stuff like that because he was doing mission impossible but they were able to get Haley at well i just wonder like you know, between contracts and then actually getting people there and getting them in costume and like getting all the actors together, it's probably a lot of work to do that just for like such a short amount of time in the film and in terms of like money and stuff. I feel like they have more years now to plan like Secret Wars and like, you know, Secret Wars and other multiversal movies if they're going to do stuff like that. I think they did the best they could with the Illuminati, but it was very, very obvious that Black Bolt and Mr. Fantastic were not there. Like, it's very clear that, that why, you know, Wanda only fought Captain Carter and only fought Captain Marvel. I really wonder if, like, even Captain Marvel was there because it, it was a very CGI shot. You never really saw them face-to-face. Meanwhile, you know, Captain Carter and Wanda, you see them fighting each other. So I just really wonder, like, like who was on set with who and when and, like, what green screen. It just probably was, there was probably a lot of a lot of like changes that went on. I, I think she did meet Lashana Lynch because I know, so the lie detector test thing revealed that she didn't meet John Krasinski. And then she said she's never like worked with Patrick Stewart. So I think that like she only met Haley Atwell and Lashana Lynch. And then I'd assume that also Black Bolt, she never met him because of how quick his death was. I think America Chavez was a standout character in this movie. I thought Sochi Gomez did an amazing job bringing her to life. There have been many changes to her character, but I mean, I thought that she was a really strong part of the movie. What did you guys think about her? I think how she started, like, I know in the comics, she's known as being very confident and everything, and she was not this in this movie. I see this as her origin story of becoming that person. And I think the ending, like, I know a lot of people complaining about the cheesiness of the ending, but I think her learning to control her powers and stuff was great. I love that she was the one who came up with the solution for Wanda and she took her to herself and I thought it was awesome. Um, I love Zochi Gomez from Babysitter's Club as well, so I was excited to see her kill this and she did. The only disappointment is that they didn't explicitly acknowledge that she was gay because they had the pin, but that's it. They mentioned her mom's, but not that. So hopefully they do that in the future. But yeah, I think this was a good start for her and I love her relationship with Doctor Strange. I just think it was great. Yeah, I thought she did a great job too. Like I really think that they nailed that casting. She has so much personality. 
like she's just such a, like a standout like I, she brought such personality to the movie i think wanda and stranger kind of dreary characters and like you know even wong too sometimes i think america brought like a lot of like light to the movie and a lot of i think she really was such a like a driving factor of strange's character arc in this movie and 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 kind of made you know kind of give strange like a reality check you know like he she really it kind of felt like she was one of the main driving points of his character arc in the movie and and kind of like almost helped him open up a little bit more and like i feel like without america we wouldn't have seen like the arc that strange went through and like kind of you know between between america and christine i don't think like you know like i think america was kind of responsible for getting strange to that point where he feels like he could be honest with a different version of christine and I think, you know, like not only was America a driving point for uh, Strange, she was a driving point for the movie. And I really appreciated how like she was given so much time and her story was, she really kind of felt like one of the main characters in the movie. And she wasn't just kind of like a plot device. I think that one of the things that I love the most about America, as well as introducing a lot of this younger generation, is how strategically Marvel's doing it. Because we're seeing a piece here or a character here you know we got we had kate and hawkeye and we have america in factor strange 2 and we have uh tommy and billy in wandavision and you're starting to see this this new generation of heroes coming through but the threads are being pulled from every from all different kinds of you know the old the old guard and so i think that's really interesting because it allows you to it allows you to connect a little bit more you know it's not just like a oh, here's an, a Young Avengers project. They're already all, they just find each other. You know, it's not like the Runaways where it felt like all these kids are just getting together and going, but like you're seeing them come from these different avenues of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then eventually they're going to be tied together. And that's like this really exciting aspect. As for America, she was phenomenal. And in, in this movie, she was funny. She had, you know, her, watching her go from being not confident to, the perfect amount of confidence and getting to see her channel her powers and there were, I, I I couldn't I can't say anything wrong about her. She was she was fantastic. Yeah, I loved America as well. Like your comment, you guys' comments about her personality, like that really shone through. And again, and Sochi Gomez seems like she just has like such a wonderful personality in real life, like from, you know, like the TikToks and like the BTS stuff that she posts, even just like her on like the red carpet with like Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Victoria Alonso, like one of the executive producers at Marvel Studios. I think that she's going to have a very bright future in the MCU. I can easily see America Chavez being like the most popular of the Young Avengers if they play their cards right. But going back to missed opportunities with her, I think that, again, the movie's like anchored, like the villain of this movie is a mother that's looking for her children. And America Chavez is a child looking for her mothers. And so that again, just felt like a missed opportunity to not try to bring together in any way, shape or form. Cause even with America asking Wanda, like, like what are your children gonna think about this? And Wanda just like, still doesn't care. I'm just like, I just needed them to go more into like the guilt or like the emotion or anything at the end, at the end of the movie. But I mean, that's not America's fault. That's just a thought I had because we were talking about her. And then I do want to talk about Wong. I'm currently writing an article about Wong, about why he's a horrible Sorcerer Supreme. And I want to make it clear, I love Wong. I think Wong is a great character. But I want to go like all the way back to Drew's comment, to Drew's comment about how Doctor Strange and Wong, like in the final battle, they don't do anything against Wanda. That's true of the entire movie. Like something that really stands out to me on like rewatch is that at Kamartage, Wong is just screaming instructions at his students while they die to Wanda's attacks. Strange makes a shield once. 
but like these two like extremely powerful sorcerers are just standing there while Wanda kills everybody around them and they do it at the end of the movie too like none of them try to like do anything about it and I think that Wong in particular was just terrible at his job in this movie because he sent his students to die he let his student destroy the dark hold then he immediately gave Wondagore's location to Wanda like he just it felt like Wong's morals shifted on what the script wanted from him and as for being the sorcerer supreme like so I think that makes him a bad sorcerer supreme but then also he didn't do anything like he's literally just there like he makes a magic string and then just like whips it around a few times like he just doesn't do anything. And I feel like that was like very much a disservice to his character, especially after his like really cool cameos in Shang-Chi and No Way Home. Yeah, they like super nerfed like Wong and Strange in this movie. Like they really didn't do much. I mean, they didn't really fight Wanda at all. At all. Did like, Strange any, fight anyone? I mean, yeah, Strange fought himself. He fought oh, yeah. Mordo, fought Mordo like hand to hand. He like, I would don't know if he'd really call it a fight against Wanda. Like, he did one like i watched it multiple times he just does one thing against wanda like he doesn't even like there's no fight it's kind of just like he just sends the like souls of the damned on her and then that's kind of it and they just kind of like trap her in that trap and i don't really think i don't really like have a plan besides that like there's no like action they're just like wong's just like all right take america's power like after like out of it just was it just didn't feel right to me I don't know. And like, I mean, you see Strange do like such crazy stuff in Infinity War against like a dude who had like, what, four Infinity Stones? Like, I don't know. I just feel like like they, they could have done more. Like the Comertage fight wasn't really a fight. It was more so just, it was Wanda's first kind of like, it was just showing Wanda's power and her her just, her destructive capability. And like, that's fine. Like I said, this kind of goes back to what I said earlier about when you commit to making Wanda the most powerful person in the world you put a it puts a limit on what you can do because then if you have try to have strange and wong fight wanda it doesn't work because strange and wong together can't beat wanda so then it's like how do you defeat this character and i mean i mean america you know was smart she was smarter than strange and wong in that situation actually so props to her you know yeah i don't know it's like nothing with strange and wong in this movie like sits right with me from like from the way they talk about Wanda, first of all, I think that that's a huge problem here too. I'm also working on an article about like, um, about like motherhood in this movie and everything. But I find it very interesting how Strange pulls up to the apple orchard and tells Wanda he doesn't care about Westview because she did the right thing in the end, which I think is strange. I think he should care even <laughs> beyond that. But then, and then she says, I want my children. She literally says, let me take my children and I will leave this universe and never bother you ever again. Then he goes to Kamartaj and she and he's like, you have to be afraid she enslaved a town and she could enslave the entire multiverse if she gets this child. Like, why are you pulling this out of your ass? Like, she said she wants her children. And now you're fear mongering over her enslaving the multiverse. Like, what? They're not her children. That's the that's the problem here is that she's trying to steal someone else's children. Let's Still, but, but where that. does he get enslaving the multiverse from? So, yes, she shouldn't want to steal like two other people's children or another person's children. Like, yeah, that's wrong. Just, just so we're clear on that. I don't think that's okay. But she says she wants to steal. So she says, I want to kidnap two children. And then he turns around and tells everybody she's going to enslave the multiverse. Like that is a huge gap for like absolutely no reason. Like I do not understand where he got that. From. Well, I think it's, it's more like she has the dark hold. The dark hold is relentless. It won't, she wouldn't just stop at her kids. She would want, like 
the dark hold would probably you know drive her past that or drive her to total domination of the multiverse and i'm kind of wondering if the dark hold is gonna have is gonna come back in some way like i mean i don't i don't think it's gone like it's too important yeah but yeah i understand but i think dr strange said that because he was thinking more in terms of the dark hold and not so much in terms of wanda especially because he's like wanda's gone so he doesn't even consider her to be Wanda anymore. He almost considers Wanda and the Scarlet Witch like two different entities. Well, that's that's also interesting. And I mean, like, we're going to have to wrap up soon. So, like, I just want to, like, put this thought out there because this is something that we talked about on Discord a little bit. Going back to the thing where I said, like, Monica's the only person that ever tried to help Wanda. Not a single person in this movie cares about Wanda as a human being. I understand that the Darkhold is the big threat and you need to deal with the threat before you can help the person like that's what like Brian was telling me and I totally agree with that but it's the fact that everyone is like just jumping straight to killing her just straight off the bat they just want to kill her and that's even like I Reed. don't like that Not yeah so like well. that's super messed up to me especially like in the Illuminati universe in 838 our like 616 Wanda was possessing an innocent woman's body and Reed says like one thing to her to try to get her to stop and then he's like so give up or I'm going to blow you to hell, like is basically what he says with that threat from Black Bolt. And like, I should have asked Walter about that. Like I should have gotten him to squirm even more. It's just so uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't understand the point of like doing that. And so like, that's why I don't really like that line about enslaving the multiverse because I'm like, even if you're worried about that, the fact that you're like using that as some gotcha moment to show how evil she is when you literally told her to her face, you don't care that she enslaved a town. Like, I just, I don't like any of that at all. Okay, well, I mean, I could keep talking about this movie for hours on end. Um, We didn't even get into like Mordo or anything, but I think that that's a pretty good, like, I think that that was a pretty good discussion on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I just want to ask everybody one last question before we wrap up. Um, What's something that you guys are working on right now? Well, this week I'll have my Illuminati article. I'm actually an entire article about how I think the events of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will likely inspire Doctor Strange, you know, Earth 616, Doctor Strange to start the Illuminati in the MCU. Um, And yeah, I go into detail about why that is. It's a little, you know, like, I think it'll be a little bit of a, for personal reasons for Doctor Strange and, and also just to protect the multiverse. But yeah, so my article for that will be out this week. I'm working on a few different things. I have a, a Doctor Who article coming out soon. I got a few different ones on the mental health of Wanda Maximoff and how that reflects in like an addict's behavior. And I just have a few like get to know your villains articles that I'm working on as well. So uh, hopefully those are all out soon. For Cosmic Circus, I have an article coming out about a local place. If you're in like the greater Toronto area, there's a place talking about it's like a gaming cafe i'm that's mostly what i'm writing for cosmic circus but like local stuff like kind of promoting with businesses yeah that's kind of what i'm doing because he's asking me to do it and it's kind of different and it's fun so yeah yeah that's really cool julia i didn't realize that um that you were working on stuff like that but that's really interesting yeah, um, I've... Free comic too, which was neat i got to reveal like free comic pops so that's up i think so if you guys want to go read that I'll definitely check it out and i'm, I'm looking forward to brian's um, mental health and like addiction article um oh, i have a I have, I have a ton of stuff in the pipeline. I don't know how much of it's going to get finished like by the time this episode's out, but I'm writing three articles about Multiverse of Madness, about Wong, um, hypocrisy in the MCU, and then like um, motherhood in Multiverse of Madness. And then I also just did Motor City Comic Con and have some interviews from that that should be out by the time this episode is released. 
Um, and so, yeah, you guys can just check out more Doctor Strange content on thecosmiccircus.com. Keep an eye out for everyone else's articles that are going to be coming out. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to our Patreon for access to our Discord conversations and look for more news and reviews from us on thecosmiccircus.com. You can also follow us for updates on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at My Cosmic Circus. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.